Sean Hannity. New Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. All right, less than 100 days to the Iowa caucuses as we count it down. Glad you're on board. Toll-free or telephone number 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, Jamie Dupree, the one and only man in Washington, is with us. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm good. How was your weekend? Uh, very good, very good. Had the last, uh, go right ahead. Go ahead. You, did you do anything fun? Had a uh, last game with my kids that I coach on my uh, son's baseball team, so it was a fun time, yes. Yeah. And you're not one of those coaches that because you're the, your son is on the team that you give special preference to your son, are you? I told him to get in the outfield the other day, and he looked at me and I said, get in the outfield. <laughs> Do you put him up first in the batting lineup because no, he's no, your son? right in the middle, right in the middle. Yeah. Is he one of the better players, you can be honest? Nah, he's, uh, he thinks he is, but I'm not sure I'd put him there. Yeah. Uh, I remember when my son did play baseball in Little League, it, Totally pissed me off. They had like three coaches, and the, all the coaches did was put their kids everywhere they wanted to put them. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I actually have a job to run, and I can't get there to coach. But apparently, yeah, that's what you fun. needed to do to yeah, get your kid to even play. I was like, they're four years old for crying out loud. Just give them a shot. <laughs> What's the big deal? Anyway, that's right. hey, uh, let me play Jeb Bush's comments. It's got a lot of play. A lot of people commenting on it. Here's what he said: If this election is about how we're going to fight to get nothing done, then I don't want anything. I don't want any part of it. I don't want to be elected president to sit around and see gridlock just become so dominant that people literally are in decline in their lives. That is not my motivation. I got a lot of really cool things that I could do other than sit around being miserable, listening to people demonize me and me feeling compelled to demonize them. That is a joke. Elect Trump if you want that. Wow. What do you think of that? I don't, that well, didn't sound... Look- Obviously, we're at a, uh, I think, at a bit of a crossroads for the Bush campaign. I mean, the stories came out late last week of them moving resources around, reducing pay, and and trying to shift more resources to look for a spark into both New Hampshire and Iowa. Uh, I think what uh, what he voices there is sort of the the thought of a lot of Republicans that I would call the establishment that they would like to get in and do some things if they could get a you know the Republicans controlling both houses of Congress and the White House. Uh, certainly Trump has been a thorn in his side. Uh, now, I don't know how things are going to shake out in, in light of it. You know, I hate to focus just on one or two polls, and I like to watch for trends. And what we're seeing right now in Iowa seems to be a trend, and that is a surge for Ben Carson and, and Donald Trump sort of backing down into second. I, you know, that's something that if Jeb Bush could survive and and, and stay afloat into New Hampshire, he, he might be able to benefit from. But obviously, we're hearing some of the same rumblings about his campaign that have bedeviled others that the the money just doesn't seem to be coming in. The excitement isn't there. They've got cash, they've got resources, but not as much maybe as they had anticipated. You know, people have asked me, you know, what I think the best strategy is. is if you're going up against Donald Trump, who's a great counterpuncher, you really have two choices. And it kind of my answer comes from my martial arts training. You're either in, meaning you're in and you're all in and you're going to fight and it's a bloodbath, or you're out. There's really no in between. In other words, and my sense is, is that Donald Trump has kind of gotten under the Bush campaign skin a little bit. Oh, sure, sure. And and I, I sense that they want to engage him, but they're not willing to fully engage him. And in that sense, they'd be better off just dismissing him or joking about it and moving on because and, and not reacting to it. But then they take little jabs here and there. And that just brings Trump out more. For example, this weekend he was saying, oh, he's going to meet with mommy and daddy because their burn rate was pretty high in terms of the money that they took in. And I guess they were probably trying to have a family strategy session. And I guess you could make an argument, well, that may not look good for him. What's he going to do when he's dealing with Putin? Talk to his family before he makes the decision. 
Um, so I think, you know, tr- Trump's going to be on in an hour with us. I'll ask him about it. But I think that's pretty tough. I thought, though, that he if, to me, it was telling that Trump uh, did take a lot of jabs at Carson in the last few days. And I, I think that's emblematic of where we are right now, that, you know, you always sort of note when Trump starts singling somebody out, it's for a reason. I don't think it's just happenstance. Uh, he feels like maybe that person is create is getting a little too close. And the 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 noting of Carson's religion, I thought, was really interesting this weekend. Uh, Stephanopoulos asked him if, it, if Trump, if it was yeah, a dog seven day whistle. Adventist, I guess is what. Yeah. Adventist. yeah he, and it was it was just one of those things that was laid out there. Trump didn't attack him, didn't say anything nasty about it, just sort of put it out there. And that struck me when I saw that clip as as being one of those things. Now, Trump denies he was doing anything. We'll take him at his word. That's fine. But uh, to me, it's a it's a tricky proposition for Trump. It's easy for him to attack Jeb Bush. I'm not sure how he goes after Ben Carson. Uh, and, and these polls do seem to show a big Carson surge in Iowa. Yeah, well, you know, go back in the last couple of campaigns. Iowa is a pretty unique state. Um, I know historically it's it plays a very big part because it gets the ball rolling. It is not in recent years, meaning the last two Republican cycles, been an indicator of who ultimately gets the nomination. No, you're absolutely right. Now, the one thing we've talked about from past weeks is, and I raised this about a month ago, when the Club for Growth said they, they were going to start running these ads against Trump. And I said at the time, and I still really believe it, what's the one thing, that one rule that maybe Donald Trump has not suspended in politics this year, and that is the rule of negative ads. And Trump has not hit back against negative ads. You know, the Club for Growth running these ads saying that how he's much a conservative. I don't know how much they've spent so far. They vowed to spend up to a million dollars. Now, is is are those is that ads, part of the reason? I, I, is that part of the reason? Is that none of the reason? You know, I don't think we've got a really good I think answer I, right I, now. I think historically, if you look at the evangelical turnout in Iowa, it's usually very high. Governor Huckabee won Iowa. Rick Santorum won Iowa. Yep. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was a contributing factor. Now, we also have to look at all the other polls. Nationally, Trump is way ahead. Every poll that has come out, it's anywhere between three and, you know, 15 or 16 points he's winning by. He's winning huge in New Hampshire, and he's winning big in South Carolina. Sure, but we've seen how sometimes the polls, they start in one place for somebody and keep going. So, something to think about as we head into this next debate on Wednesday. Listen, I would expect that there's going to be some movement in the polls someplace, somewhere. It's inevitable. Um, but for over 100 days now, Trump has held on to that top spot. That is no small feat. That is not. No, a, you're absolutely right. That's not a Herman Cain-like surge. That's not no. a Newt Gingrich-like surge. This has been a sustained surge. No, but I would note, you mentioned Gingrich. I remember four years ago at about this time being in Iowa and hearing all the anti-Gingrich ads on the air, and he said he would stay above the fray and not respond. It proved to be a, a an incorrect response. Yeah. Um, all right, we have other stuff going on, and I think from every indication, the media has done everything they can do to rehabilitate Hillary from last week, saying it was the best week she's ever had. And I understand why they make that narrative. Joe Biden didn't run. Certainly that's a plus. She survived the Benghazi hearings in a sense, but it was also exposed in those hearings, speaking of ads, that 600 times there was a request for security. She says she didn't get it. And I think the other big telling damning piece of this, and Jim Jordan will join us later about it, at the bottom of this hour, is Jim Jordan got her to admit that she literally was telling the American people one thing about a YouTube video and a spontaneous demonstration while simultaneously telling her own daughter, telling the Libyan president, and the next day telling the Egyptian president that it had nothing to do with the YouTube video, and it was a terrorist attack. So to me, that's a pretty big deal. 
Well, the Republicans still have the opportunity to press ahead on this, and they've made clear, obviously, that they're not giving up on the Benghazi investigation. I do think that Democrats, whether you believe them or not or whether you think they're right or not, Democrats here on the Hill and in her campaign felt very, very good once that hearing got over. And I think they really felt the best when, at the end of the hearing, Trey Gowdy was asked, you know, what new came up today, and he really didn't frame it very well for the Republicans as to, you know, he just basically said, well, she testified about the same. And, I, you know, whether, again, whether you think that the Democrats are uh, totally ignoring reality or not paying attention to what went on, they believe when you when you talk to them here in the hallways of Congress, both on Thursday afternoon, Thursday night and on Friday, they were elated. They thought that Hillary Clinton had gotten by what many of them thought was going to be a, a disaster or could be a disaster for her. And it was the best last two weeks of her campaign. I mean, does that mean that it's all happiness and flowers and smiling from here on in for her? Absolutely not. I, I think there's still the chance that the uh, the email investigation could be a big thorn in her side. She's shown repeatedly that she can stumble here and there. But certainly starting with that, uh, with that debate, actually starting with her arriving in Vegas the night before that debate, going over to the Trump Hotel and joining in the demonstration there, she's been on a roll for the last two weeks. But I would argue that especially the questioning by Jim Jordan could be turned into a campaign ad that makes her look pretty bad. I, I, the, the only thing that I would say on that is that the Republicans have struggled to broaden the Benghazi investigation past their own people. It, it works very well as a sales point for Republican voters, but it has not made that next leap. And much as some people up here think that the Planned Parenthood hearings recently were sort of a missed opportunity, is that the way we'll view this hearing with Hillary Clinton? You know, we'll have to see. Maybe more time should have been spent hammering home that point rather than the Sid Blumenthal stuff. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, although it was telling that she did respond to Sid Blumenthal's emails, but not the 600 emails for requests that she claimed she didn't have see didn't make it to her desk the problem is is that there's no smoking gun or memo or document on that not I yet mean, she has yep. consistently said that she never saw any of that stuff mm -hmm. and so far the negative hasn't been proven of that and you know uh that that's the only thing i can say on that is that if the republicans have that information then it's a total game changer Let's go to the Paul Ryan situation. Now, as I mentioned, we have Freedom Caucus member Jim Jordan at the bottom of the hour. But the bottom line is when they met and came up with a supermajority vote for Ryan, it's now a fait accompli. He is the next speaker. Thursday is the, the schedule right now to have the vote in the full House. It'll be a Wednesday nomination vote for Republicans behind closed doors. You know, in speaking with some of the more conservative Republican lawmakers at the end of last week who had been sort of uh, ready to vote for Dan Webster and now ready to vote for Paul Ryan, I think a number of them just simply felt like, you know what, this may be the best uh, we're going to get. It's time to get on board here. But that doesn't mean that in the next few months they can't step back and say, hey, wait a second, we can't go down that path. I don't care if it's Paul Ryan and not John Boehner. We can't do that. So the the feeling that I was getting from Republicans, so I'm talking about the Freedom Caucus, you know, the Tea Party side of the, of the party. They're ready for now to give him a honeymoon, but it could well be a short honeymoon, Sean. Uh, we'll see. It depends on what John Boehner does over this debt deal. I understand they've been talking about a two-year budget deal, which would... Pretty much fund the government to the end of what, Obama's presidency? 
Yeah, this would set the the government levels from what we're hearing, the funding levels for this fiscal year and the next fiscal year, uh, include also a debt limit increase, presumably splitting the extra money here that would be spent between defense and non-defense. It would also have some entitlement reforms for savings. I bet would be modeled on the deal that Ryan cut with Patty Murray two years ago. They're having special closed-door meetings for senators and House members later this evening, I assume, to roll out the details. They could actually release the details of this plan later tonight and then maybe vote on it as early as Wednesday. I would guarantee you there will be a number of more conservative Republicans that will look around and say, hey, this is the argument we've been making, that all of a sudden you get these big bills dumped on us at the last moment without any input. So I would assume there would so have that's to be some Republicans that's going to be John Boehner taking against. the heat as he walks out the door yes. and, and stabbing everybody in the back. And the bottom line is this will fund the government. Is there anything that's on the table that you know of that would be a concession to conservatives in the House? Well, like I said, there will be, I would assume uh, from what we've been told, that there will be entitlement savings. So you'll save money on some of that spending, but it will increase the budget caps for both defense and non-defense. I mean, remember, the only way you're going to get more money into the Pentagon, which is what a lot of Republicans want to do, is in this divided government situation, you're going to have to throw a bone to the White House, and that's presumably going to be more spending on the domestic side. What is the real... Uh, look, because Obamacare was passed through reconciliation... Only some of it was. Uh, uh, understood. But my point is is that you cannot just repeal the whole thing or defund the whole thing, but there are certain aspects that could be defunded. In uh, the bill that was approved by the House on Friday, they get rid of the individual mandate, they get rid of the employer mandate, they get rid of the Cadillac tax, they get rid of, the, I think, the medical device tax. Those were a couple of things that you can do through reconciliation, as it's known. But the vast majority of the Obama health law, you can't get rid of that way. Now, the House has approved this plan to repeal parts of the law, but now we have Senators Rubio, Lee, and Cruz who are saying, no, we're not going to vote for that. And there's the very real possibility that they won't even be able to get this bill down to the president for him to veto, Sean. Yeah. What's happening on the Democratic side? I know Bernie Sanders seems to be getting more aggressive with Hillary. Hillary made this comment about being the champion of women's rights. She didn't mention she paid men 16 grand more a year than women, but here's what she said. You have the Hillary Clinton ad there somewhere where the Hillary Clinton comment she made about women's pay, women's rights. I'm the champion of women's rights. No, you don't have it. Well, that's the one that was in. You heard it at the beginning of the segment. I think what Sanders is going to do is try to make the argument that uh, Hillary Clinton has been a late bloomer and a late arriver in, in, in coming on board with ideas that he's been backing. But again, we'll see whether or not this little uh, push for Hillary Clinton over the last two weeks is a big boom or just a short-lived thing. But I think the Sanders people, not as unsure a footing as they were maybe two weeks ago, Sean. And also Hillary hinting that Bernie Sanders is part of the war on women when she was at the Jefferson Jackson dinner in Des Moines on Saturday night. I haven't been shouting, but sometimes when a woman speaks out, some people think it's shouting. Ooh. Don't forget, you're playing for keeps at this point in time. Yeah, it's like Rick Lazio. Remember he had the unmitigated yep. gall to walk across the walk stage? Walk over to her. Yep. And a piece of paper. Boy, you would think that was the worst thing a man ever did to a woman. Here. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Jamie Dupree. See you, Sean. Talk to you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.